since they're going to be so helpful for us, let, let's try to discover the properties of logarithms on our own. Um, in the book, they do this a little differently. They do a proof uh, with using derivatives and things like that. I'm going to just have us discover it and uh, then see what we get. Discovering the properties of logarithms. Evaluate without a calculator. A, the log of 100 times 1,000. Now, there are two ways to do this. The first way, and I'm going to let you do this one step ahead of me in a second. The first way would be to actually evaluate what 100 times 1,000 is and take the log of that. So I'll give you a second to do that. The other way that that I would like you to look at is to consider how the answer comes from the number of zeros. So take a minute and figure out what this log is, and then come back. Coming back, if I take the log of 100 times 1,000, that's the log of 1 with 5 zeros, and or the log of 100,000. And remember, the log asks, what exponent did you raise, in this case, 10 to, in order to get 100,000? So this is 10 to the what power is another way to write that. So this is 10 to the fifth power, isn't it? Since this is 10 to the fifth power, then the log of 10 to the fifth is just 5, the exponent. So the exponent you raised 10 to and got 10 to the fifth had to be 5, back again. So our answer is 5. Now I also asked you to notice how you can count the zeros and get the same answer. Because it's log base 10 of 100 times 1,000, because the base matches the base, and the base of the log matches the base of the expression, then the answer is just the exponent. So I'm going to also ask you to consider the log of 100 plus the log of 1,000. The log of 100 plus the log of 1,000. If you do each of these logs individually, what exponent do you raise 10 to to get 100? The answer is 2, right? Plus, what exponent did you raise 10 to to get 1,000? The answer is 3. So we get 5, the same answer. So now this could just be a coincidence. This isn't a proof. And I won't be proving these properties today. If you'd like, you can look in, in the book. There are different ways to prove it. The book uses actually the derivative, which is interesting. But 5 and 5, I got 5 by taking the number of zeros here and adding to the number of zeros here. Right? 2 plus 3 is 5. So let's look at some more examples and see if we can find a pattern. B, evaluate without a calculator. The log of 100,000 times, that's 10 with six zeros after it, so that's 10 million. And uh, go ahead and take a minute and do this by counting the zeros and getting your log. And then we're also going to look at the log of 100,000 plus the log of 10 million. And if you'd like to look ahead, when you pause, investigate the sum of these two logs while you're at it. So first find the log of that product, and then find the sum of the two logs and see what you get. Coming back, the log of this product, I have 100,000 times 10 million. So it's actually, I'm going to write it differently. I'm going to write it as 10 to the power of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 plus 7, right? I'll do one more step. That's the log of 10 to the 5th times the log of 10 to the 7th 
which using the properties of exponents, which interestingly enough are going to be similar to our properties of logs, because logs are exponents, using the properties of exponents, I have the same base, and so I can just add the exponents when I'm multiplying those two bases. So I have 10 to the 5th times 10 to the 7th, I have the same base, I add the exponents and I get 10 to the 12th. What exponent did you raise 10 to to get 10 to the 12th? Well, the exponent on 10 is 12, so that's my log. The answer is 12. I know that answer using what we've already studied about logs, using the property of exponents, and then using the definition of logarithm. So I know that 12 needs to be the correct answer. When I look at the other expression that I asked you to investigate after this, I see that I have log of 100,000. If I just evaluate that first, what exponent you raise 10 to to get 100,000? Well, if there are five zeros and it's log base 10, then the answer is just five. Plus, what exponent did I raise 10 to to get log of 10 to the seventh power? That has to be seven, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven zeros means 10 to the seventh. Since it's log base 10, the answer is just seven back again. When I take five plus seven, I get 12. So it looks like if I have the log of a product, I can break it up into the sum of the two separate logs of the two factors. We're gonna do some more. Next, log base two of four times eight. If you just evaluate this on your own, that's log of, if you do the multiplication, that's log base two of 32. And what exponent did you raise two to to get 32? That's five, right? Two to the fourth is 16, two to the fifth is 32. That'll be one you'll wanna keep in your mind. So five is the exponent that I raised two to in order to get 32. Remember going from logarithmic form to exponential form just to verify this? Two to the fifth power is 32. That works, right? So the log base two of 32 is five because two to the fifth power is 32. So I know the answer to this log problem should be five. Now, how could I do it any other way? First of all, did I have to actually multiply the four by the eight? For this problem, I could have written this as two squared times two cubed, right? Two squared times two cubed is two to the two plus three or five. So two to the two plus three, which means the exponent that I raised two two to get two to the fifth is five back again. So we got another way. Finally, since we're going to need these properties for other things, I wanna talk about the log base two of four plus the log base two of eight. We're investigating, we're exploring. We don't really have anything formally written down yet, but what exponent you raise two to to get four? That's two, right? Two squared is four. Plus, what exponent did you raise two to to get eight? Two cubed is eight. So that has to be two plus three, which again is five. So no matter how I do it, I have an answer of five each time. And the interesting thing is we have not investigated this log of 
log base 2 of 4 plus log base 2 of 8 until this section. The other two problems we could have done before this, and we could have done this last section, but nobody asked you to. Now I'm asking you to look at it because we're going to have a property that's going to be very helpful, particularly when we're differentiating. All right, so let's look at log base 2 of 8 times 16. You're probably seeing a pattern here. I'd like you to pause and find this one on your own because it's, it's always a lot easier when someone else does it. But it's um, really, if you take a minute, you can get the log base 2 of this. But I don't recommend you multiply 8 by 16 first. I recommend you use the properties of exponents, like I did in the last example, to simplify for you, do, do the work for you so you don't have extra work to do. And then come back and we'll look at it. So did you look at this as a power of your base? 8 is 2 to the third power. So I write log base 2 of 2 to the third times 16 is another power of 2. It's 2 to the fourth. These problems, by the way, are very contrived. I'm making them up so that they'll work two different ways so that we can see that the properties work. So I have log 2 cubed times 2 to the fourth. When you have the same base, you can add the exponents. So I'm going to have 2 to the 3 plus 4, or 2 to the 7, inside my log. So I have log base 2, 2 to the 7. And the log base 2 of 2 to the 7 is 7. That's the exponent. So the answer needs to be 7. If I try it using that addition property that seems to be coming up, log base 2 of 8 plus log base 2 of 16, I just want to see if I get 7 this way as well. What exponent you raise 2 to to get 8? That answer is 3. Plus, what exponent you raise 2 to to get 16? That answer is 4, because 2 to the 4th is 16. And 3 plus 4 is 7. Now, why is it working like this? The reason why it's working that to take the log of a product is the same as taking the sum of the two individual logs has to do with the fact that what a log is, what a log is defined to be. I don't know if that made any sense, but it has to do with the definition of a log. A log is an exponent, right? And since when you multiply with the same base, you add exponents, it's our property of logs is related to the fact that when you multiply with the same base, you add exponents. So when you take the log of a product with one base, you can break that up into the sum of two logs of the same base using each part of the product separately. So the log base 2 of 8 times 16 is equal to the log base 2 of 8 plus the log base 2 of 16. Because logs are exponents, and when you multiply with the same base, you add exponents. So we add logs. So let's look at another example. And by the way, I doubt you'll ever be tested on the why, but sometimes I think it helps to keep things straight. So if if you didn't like that explanation, just try to um, just you can let it go and just watch the watch the examples and watch the properties and you'll be fine. The log of one over one hundred times one over ten thousand. If I evaluate the logs separately, I would add add the two things together. But if I want to first do this the way I would normally, one over one hundred times one over ten thousand is one over one hundred times ten thousand. So I just add up all the zeros. 4 plus 2 is 6. So I have 1 over a million, if I counted correctly. Yes. So I have 1 over a million. So what's the log base 10 of 1 over a million? 
what exponent you raise 10 to to get 1 over something? First of all, the 1 over came from a negative exponent, right? And then 10 to the 6th gives me a million. So my exponent is negative 6. And we'll do the because for that one. The log base 10 of 1 over a million is negative 6 because the base 10 to the negative 6 power equals 1 over a million. So the answer is the log is negative 6. Now let's see if that property still works even with fractions. The log of 1 over 100 times 1 over 10,000, I'm going to try that as the log of 1 over 100 plus the log of 1 over 10,000. Because logs are exponents, when you multiply, I should be able to add the logs. So I have log of 1 over 100. What exponent gave me 1 over 100 on, on a base of 10? 10 to the negative 2 is 1 over 100. So the log of 1 over 100 is negative 2 plus the log of 1 over 10,000 is negative for the fraction and 4 for the four zeros. So negative 2 plus negative 4 is still negative 6. I got negative 6 doing it a way that I know should be correct. So that tells me that this other way seems to be correct as well. Again, this isn't a proof, but it is a way to verify that the property has worked for every log we've come up with so far. I've used log base 10 and I've used log base 2. I want you to know that it doesn't just work for log base 10. It's working for log base 2, as long as I pick the right numbers, right? It's, it's hard to verify with the wrong numbers. But the property actually still works with any, the log of any positive number with any base greater than 1. Finally, coming to f, the natural log of e cubed times e to the fifth. Again, I picked special numbers, right? e cubed and e to the fifth. Each of those, we can evaluate the log separately or we can multiply first. That's important for verifying the property. So e cubed times e to the fifth is e to the three plus five or e to the eighth. So if I first take e to the cubed times e to the fifth, I get e to the eighth. What exponent did you raise e to? That's ln. What exponent did you raise e to to get e to the eighth? The answer is eight. Or if I want to break this up into the sum of two logs, I have log of e cubed plus log of e to the fifth. Log of e cubed, what exponent did you raise e to to get e cubed? The exponent on there is three. Plus, what exponent did you raise e to to get e to the fifth? The exponent there is five. Three plus five, also eight. So it works even for base e. That's important because we're going to use base e a lot. We use natural log a lot in this class, more than any other lo- on any other base. So I think finally we can summarize the multiplicative property of logarithms. For a and b greater than zero, because remember the domain of logs is got to be greater than zero, right? You can't take the log of a negative number. Um, and the reason why is because it's the inverse of exponentials, and we never get ex- negatives as outputs of exponents, so we can't have inputs of logs that are negative. So for, four, for a and b greater than 0, the log base b of a times b is, I'll let you fill it in, what's the property of the log of a product of two things? And notice I'm using log base b, any base greater than 0. For any base greater than 0, log 
of AB equals log base B of A plus log base B of B. So the property says if you have one log of a product of two things, you can break that up into the sum of the two separate logs of the two separate factors. So log base B of A plus log base B of B. And I encourage you to memorize this, the form of this. You have one log of a product is the sum of two different logs. So it's kind of an interesting form, not something that you've probably ever seen algebraically until you've gotten to logarithms. Uh, this might look familiar if you've worked with logs before. And um, we're going to be using this property a lot. By the way, if you want to um, verify this for anybody, say a classmate or someone who wants to once and for all understand logs, uh, remember that you can make up examples yourself that verify this property. The trick is to make sure that when you take A times B, you can evaluate each separate log individually as well, the log of A and the log of B, so that you can see the pattern, just like all the examples we did up till now. So this is the multiplicative property of logarithms, and now we're going to move into another property that's going to be useful.